Hey guys, so we forgot to change the settings on our StreamYard and the first 20 to 30 minutes of this episode is a little bit worse in the audio department, but it does get better, so I hope you stick around to listen to our post-Tinley episode. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well... Some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. A podcast. Thank you so much for everyone being here. Why did I say that weird? You always do. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, PortsmouthPythons.com. We do have some animals available, and we have many animals that we are going to be putting up hopefully next weekend. We will get some more animals up. And uh, what shows do we have coming up? November, right, is really when uh-huh. we start going. So what is it, November 8th is Oaks? November 9th is Oaks show. November 10th is White Plains. And November 23rd is the Gettysburg PA show. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be a cool November to go along with this awesome October. Do you like that? I just wish you would talk normal. Um, Always with the intro, you put on your intro person voice, and then when we get sorry. into it, you talk normal, but okay, just talk right. normal always. Okay. <laughs> well, we have shirts available on PortCityPythons.com as well, so please go check those out, as well as Springtails, if you are into that kind of thing. But this weekend, we took the trip to NERBC. If you guys don't know what that means, it means... This is a quiz. Oh, God. Because I think you blew it. I before. totally blew it. Something con- conference. North American. Dang it. North American Reptile Breeders Conference. Okay. Yeah, I just kind of gave you the hint there because well, you, people, I don't I think you want to listen to you think. I didn't ask you to uh, help me. Wow. Uh, well, we are going to talk a little bit about packing on that Thursday. We went up Thursday and we left that Monday. So we're going to talk about packing. We're going to talk about setting up on Friday. We're going to talk about bananas. We're going to talk about animal pickups. We're going to thank everyone who helped us out because so many people helped us out during this trip and really, really made it possible. So I guess we can start off with the fact that we went up with Matt Minatola. And if you guys don't know Matt Minatola, he's been on the podcast before. He is a blood and short tail guy, probably most known for his Borneo short tails, things like the ocelot gene, as well as he has some awesome super marbles and different things like that. I wish I knew more about him, even though we were uh, we saw him all weekend, and they're amazing snakes. I'm talking about Matt's yes. snakes. Um, we learned about them a little bit uh, when we went over to his house. If you guys want to learn more about Matt Montella's snakes, you guys should definitely check out Dave Hoffman's video that he did of uh, Matt's collection. Um, and I think Matt is the person we have to thank the most mm-hmm. from all the trip. Um, I mean, we helped him out. You helped him out, too, in the driving. Um, but, I mean, this wouldn't have been possible if uh, he hadn't invited us to come with him and share some of his tables. So Matt gets two full tables, and we got to hop on uh, – two feet at the end of Which the Which sounds table. ridiculous. It sounds like you would get nothing in there, but we had to have taken over 30 snakes and we were able to set up a good amount of them. So that that Thursday morning, Matt lives on the other side of Philly. So it takes us about 45 minutes to get to his place. Luckily, it was 440 in the morning. So we kind of beat the morning traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just a little bit excited. 
Yeah, yeah. We we packed all of our snakes up the night before. We kind of just acted like it was a regular show. We took our regular show box. We took certain things out because we actually weren't taking our display because James because Lewis next person. of Simply Serpents helped us out and he hooked us up with this beautiful display that he bought for his animals, but uh, he wasn't going to bring animals, so we kind of shared. So um, James Lewis got his display from Next Level shoot acrylic displays. No designs, designs. designs. Sure. Next Level Designs, um, and they're a display company that I don't think many people know about because we definitely got they're a lot. New, of, I believe we definitely got a lot of questions um, asking about it. I think that display obviously no any other people's. But what I really like about um, this one is that one, it comes with the heat tape already kind of configured in there if you need to heat your animals. It also comes with two USB ports for charging your phone. And I think that is really awesome. And built in yeah. So right, not just having the heat tape, but actually being able to control the temperature on it and change it depending on where you are and what you need is really awesome. And then it all kind of folds in accordion style and just goes right into a box. So. Yes, and you put the handle on it. You can leave your snakes in there overnight knowing they're getting the temperature that they need. And like James Lewis didn't even have, he actually traveled with his snakes in the car and then he could bring it in the hotel room and, you know, put the temperature they need. Um, in the, He could keep them in the display the whole time. Yeah, and then I guess it's, we should say how Matt brought his animals because people may be interested on in how you pack for such a big show. And so like James set up was super simple and convenient. And Matt's, Matt also on the way back, I think he kept his animals in the displays, but on the way there, he put them in a bunch of insulated boxes as well as a big tub in which he put like this, what do you call that? That like metallic colored stuff that's supposed to basically insulate cooler. And it's and like the like stuff that. that people put on their mirror to block out the sun. It's I don't just like insulation. Yeah, so that, and he put a heat pack in there as well just to keep that. I believe he had a big female in there. So I thought that was interesting. And I got some new displays also. And I feel like I should remember where he got his from. Um, I liked Matt's displays also because the bottom was like a orangey red. And it just made them pop. Like, I think having that color on the bottom was really nice for his display. I could see how it would be inconvenient if everyone had the same color yes, of it. Yes, but, true. I but I think like it really it, works because Matt's logo is orange, and it was like a bright fluorescent. Right. And I saw them on a couple other people's table, and they were all that color. So I, I'm assuming the company does not give you the option to choose what color you want on the bottom yeah um, sure. but you're right if everyone gets it it wouldn't be cool <laughs> but it's cool right now that only a couple people have those displays with the bottom a different color and Matt's is the same as uh James Lewis said it just kind of folds up into mm -hmm. one thing but Matt's does not but have... it doesn't do it accordion style style you have to stack them manually into it and then put a oh true it. true James Lewis is just it kind of pushes down and pulls out Matt's you have to act true like yeah, that. yeah. So it's different. If you don't know what that means, sorry, <laughs> that's probably confusing. Should I say the key thing, or I feel like I shouldn't tell the world that? Because I don't know. Yeah, basically. So we figured out. I mean, a million people probably figured this out before us, but we figured out that all the people, all the different companies who make the display cases for snakes, only use about two different keys to lock each little individual slot. And so pretty much if you got your hands on those two keys, you could go in and unlock everyone's display in a show. 
um, which on one end, I get it, because you can't make a, I mean, they're pumping out these display cases like crazy. They can't make different sets of keys for everyone. Um, but I just thought that was a funny little thing that we noticed on Friday. Yeah. As most drives happen. And by the way, we have the trailer on the back. So that's part of why she didn't want to drive with the trailer on. And the other part is because I'm sure she wanted to sleep because it was four in the morning. But also, we put the animals in the back of the car. So animals in the car, and then he had displays, and then also some other things. He had to bring up the Tinley in the trailer. And it was pretty straightforward. Matt did half of it. I did half of it. And we made it to Tinley Park. We actually made it super early because we left at like 6, so we ended up getting there at about 7. It takes about 12 hours to get there. Of course, this stops then we get that extra hour but we were able to go into our hotel act like nothing was going on with our huge dolly that was filled with like if we put both of our animals together we probably had about 125 snakes going into that hotel in which the people from the hotel actually knew that there were snake people and i meant to press record on that but i'm it's okay. I got it elsewhere. Um, yeah, the people at the hotel actually told us, like, hey, can you guys put, or I think they told Katie, can you put your do not disturb sign outside your uh, hotel room just because the maids are kind of freaked out to uh, go into your room. So, But they I didn't mean, say, like, don't bring the animals. Right, they, didn't, they never said don't bring the animals. So I'm kind of happy that they know, like, what's up and that they're okay with it at this point. Uh, if you yeah. don't know about Tinley, there is about five different hotel rooms right across the street. I'm not hotel rooms, hotels right across the street from the convention center and most people stay in those five. So we were in the La Quinta and they were cool with it. La Quinta and then we got there and guess what? Your dream came true. Yes, so, oh, I have to say, I have never felt more concern for me in any point in my life except for this deep dish pizza. Like other times we've asked for things of people who listen to the podcast, various things. But this time I didn't even ask for the, the deep dish. But the amount of people that reached out to me about my deep dish pizza really made me feel loved <laughs> and listened to. Um, because multiple people like were sending me addresses to different restaurants and recommendations and were checking in to make sure I got it. And people actively were like, if Joe doesn't take you, I'm taking you. And so I felt special. <laughs> but uh, actually, Joe got out of taking me because Dennis McNamara, um, we ran into him after we had gone to dinner. And he was like, I have like four slices left. And Chicago deep dish slices okay, yeah, these are, are like two slices. seven meals. No, it was his three. It's actually three slices. But it was it took me so it many meals. It had to have been it. well over a pound. <laughs> It was disgusting. The box was only like, but it was amazing. And thank you, Dennis, again, because I ended up getting it. And Chad, I don't know who's. And yeah, and Chad. Chad Holker, I don't know whose pizza it was, but it was one of theirs. Dennis offered it to me, but I think Chad went in the car and got it. So it was a Chad team effort. Um, And I got it on the first night, and I was really, really thankful. And uh, Justin is saying you can't call it pizza. And you can't, but it's like, they're not, you can't compare them. Like one is lasagna pizza, let's just call it that. Pizza or like casserole. Cal's, calzone, yeah, pizza casserole. 
let's just call them two different things and then you guys can stop getting so mad about comparing them they're both delicious one i think i would do new york pizza more often just because it's easier to eat and i feel like it would take me so long to eat a deep dish but it was very delicious and i was very thankful for all the people that uh hey ryan you want to just totally delete that guy from, <laughs> from the he was timed out <laughs> um thank you so much uh for everyone who was concerned about my pizza thank you ryan for being an admin on the <laughs> on the chat and and uh that night actually was that the first night that you ever met carly you say like i'm the only one no 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 i know <laughs> yeah sorry i meant to be like that was the night that we first we met carly. first met carly not just me yeah so carly jones obviously long listener of the podcast first time meter in personer and she was um She's always in the chat and we've talked so much via text and via group chats and stuff like that. And as well as James Lewis and his wife, Katie. I mean, these are people that we talk to all the time and considered friends. And then that Friday night, we got to meet them. And then we went out to the wonderful Buffalo Wild Wings, (laughs) 2.5 stars on Yelp. And they deserved every single one of those 2.5. So most people talk about Tinley, obviously, for the show, but it's equally about, like, meeting so many people you haven't met before. Like, I'm Or sure you have is... these relationships online and you only right. meet this one time. Right. Yeah. I'm sure this is true of other hobbies, but I think snakes especially, like, you meet so many people online that you have not met in real life. Like, we've known Carly for, what, like, over a year now, maybe? I don't know. Close. Probably about a year, and we just met her this weekend because she lives in the middle of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it's just really cool meeting people like Carly and James, but also meeting like big breeder people too. Um, like we find James wife, Katie, for being our mom the whole time. Yes, she was amazing. She put everything together and Organized made sure we all. had food and, and we lived didn't and lose survived. each other. Yeah, <laughs> but we also got to meet people that we've had on the podcast. So like people like Jason Hood, uh, who else is yes. on the podcast? No, I'm blanking. Shoot. So, T.C. Houston. T.C. Houston, yes, we got to meet him. Um, Emily and Ed of Snake Emily Discovery. Emily and Ed, uh, Colin of yeah, Crosstown Colin Exotics. Cross Exotics. I feel like there's more people. Oh, there's so many. Brandon Wheeler, of Brandon course. Wheeler, yes. Um, like Billy we Hart, we've never met him before. Haven't had him on the podcast, but we did get to yeah. meet him. Um, we will now, now that we We met. didn't because he was on Justin. Remember, like, he was on Justin's right when we were about to message him. We're like, ah. And now he's, like, super tied up with Justin. I feel like Justin... <laughs> so now we can never have I feel like we can't have him. We'd be cheating on Justin. I mean, they're coming out with a magazine no. together. For well, time. yeah, we'll have him on for that launch then, when they launch the magazine. When they launch the magazine. Yes, launch. that'd be perfect. Yeah, we're thinking out loud. There where, you go, guys. Go? Billy, where are you? <laughs> um... Okay, so yeah, we got we met a bunch of readers that like we'd had on the podcast or talked to. Um, like I got to meet Keith McPeak, which I hadn't met before, or at least I don't remember meeting before, which is terrible. Oh god. Um, but I don't think I've met him before. Um when we went to bananas, did you see oh, did you no, we didn't see Cusco Friday or Oh yeah, we did. Yes, we did. But, well, Friday we, we Friday morning maybe. Shoot. Yes, I know. I'm getting my days mixed up. So Friday morning is kind of an early start as well. Well, you're supposed to start set up, I believe, at like 12 o'clock, but we got there at like 10 and just started setting up. And that is where we met Brian Cusco. 
And that's the first time you've met him. No. Yeah. 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 You met him before? Have I met? Yeah, yeah. I met him at last time. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was my first time meeting him. We were just like walking in, bringing stuff into the show, and he called us out, and we got to meet him, which was awesome. Um, I met. Well, we'd already met Garrett. We saw Garrett and Dave Kaufman. Um, you got to meet Clint. Yeah, Clint from Clint's Reptiles, I believe, is his YouTube. Um, so many people. Yeah, and I felt like uh, shout out to Cusco for doing. He did so many. He, he was just doing I don't know like, how interviews he was to those interviews like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then what else do we do Friday as far as uh, oh yeah, Ryan Cox got there, who I had met at last Tinley, and it's funny because on Facebook. Our one year friend diversity anniversary. Wow, you really said that word. Anniversary was was just yesterday or something like that. So last Tinley weekend is when I first met him, and we became Facebook friends. Yes, and I feel so bad because I feel like we are definitely missing people. And uh, Lance and Becky Kirkman, of course, but we're gonna get to them also later when we talk about Sunday. And anyone who just came up to us and said, I like the podcast or I like YouTube videos. Honestly, there were so many people about the podcast. I was super happy about that because oftentimes we get YouTube video more often. But it seems like when you get to a more concentrated snake crowd, we get more. We got a lot of people who are like, thanks for doing the podcast. Like, I love to watch it. And like, people would even come up and apologize for being behind on it. I'm like, don't apologize. <laughs> like, just the just, fact that you, you listen, right. <laughs> and that you want to come talk to us and that you're interested in what we say. I realized I just said that completely out of the mic. Um, but you're interested in what we have to say and that you like the content that we're putting out. I think we're happy with that. Yes, and I just I just can't help but feel like we're missing so many people, and I feel bad about it. But Saturday, I mean, it went off. No, we're still talking Friday. Yeah, Friday we pretty much just hung out for the rest of the time. Um, really. So yeah, Friday was interesting because I'm used to I'm not used to setting up the night before. We've never done a show where we set up the night before. Well, let's also acknowledge how many VIPs was, there were. Just about to say that. Yeah. Let me finish. Um, sorry. So yes, uh, it was our first time setting up on Friday. Normally we're setting up on Saturday and most shows it's like, okay, vendors can come in at seven 30. Um, and if there is a VIP, it's like nine and normal people it's 10. But on Friday it was like vendors could come in at, I don't know, maybe 10 30. And I swear VIPs are coming in at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like VIPs were coming in. It felt like the show was kind of half open. Right, because there were so people. many people were getting VIPs, and Joe and I were just so confused because I thought the VIP tickets were at least fifty dollars. I'm not certain, but there was like grandmas and bunch of grandkids, and they'll just have all this money. Yeah, like shell. kids must have been free or something. Something for this this many VIPs, and it it was kind of unfortunate. Like I understand why people get VIP. They get VIP so they can get the first look at all the snakes that are available. But the thing is. We weren't even set up when half the people were walking through and we had an easy setup. Like we just do corn snakes. And so I feel like there needs to be a greater time, like maybe uh, it's like those vendors who didn't show up for Friday kind of missed out on half a day. And then also the vendors who were there setting up kind of didn't get their downtime 
to where you can you were just hanging out, setting up, and it wasn't a big deal. There was often some people like coming up to different vendors and stuff even at that time. So not I'm not fucking complaining about that. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah, but it's just you want to feel like you're presenting everything to people when they're you know, like you kind of feel weird when you're half set up and people are coming by because you want to be able to talk to them and schmooze them a little bit. Yeah, it's like, I'm not sure if you want to talk about all the snakes right now. Right. Like, do I stop my setup to talk to this customer? Do I right, I'm like labeling things and right. do I need to get out of the way for the person behind me to see or are they just walking by? So it's kind of awkward. It's Yeah, it's awkward. And so I think it would be great to have a, gr- a bigger time uh, between when the vendors are setting up and people are coming in. That said, when people were coming in, in Sunday, it's impossible to have like long in-depth conversations just because there's so many people coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so Friday, we got to do that. And, and that then, was the first Bananas night. Yes. Yeah, so Bananas, <laughs> if you don't know, is the bar that's at, that's connected to the convention center, and that's where everyone goes. I have to say, y'all hyped that place up way more than no i don't yeah. think anyone hypes it yeah, up it's just like, uh, yes all you're like oh my gosh bananas is so crazy <laughs> no. i'm like no just people hanging out at a bar no yeah, granted i'm a grandma and i was home or i left yeah we I also left probably before we left by, by midnight and so maybe the crazy stuff happened after 12 but i'm just saying it was pretty tame before 12 just felt like a normal bar <laughs> snake people hanging out What's yeah but that's that? not how you that's not how you presented it you didn't say just snake people hanging out you guys hyped bananas up a lot but it was cool we went to bananas just a bar and met more people yeah but that's really where you get to sit down and talk at length to people that you don't know so like that's where we talked to Billy Hunt for a long time and then all the other people who we were down with. And then uh, we saw Bill Stego was there as well. Yes, and Kim. Yes. And there was plenty of other people. Trying to think other people were there. I can't remember. Obviously Ian. Yeah, like Matt Moyle as well. Yes, Matt Moyle was there. Yeah, Ian. (laughs) Don't say it like that. No, no, I was just saying because there was so much involved with you talking smack to him about the game. I was going to get to that on Saturday. We're still, out, we're still on Friday. True. Shout out to Ian for wearing our shirts. And Bill. Yes. And Bill, yeah. Bill and Ian wore Condro Snob shirts. If you yeah. guys are people that breed Condros or are really into Condros, check out our website, portcitypythons.com. All the cool Condros We have lots of Condro shirts. Also, a lot of people liked our Rugrats-inspired reptile shirts. So definitely, if you like the Rugrats, go and uh, buy that shirt. <laughs> Bam, plug. They're really cool. And they last long. Yeah, but Saturday was pretty simple. I mean, Friday we probably left like 12, 12.30, in which like I talked to other people. They're like, yeah, you know, I went home at four and here I am at the show now today. I don't know how people do that. Listen, we are younger than all of those people who did that, and they somehow have much more energy than us. But I guess that's just not for us. But I feel like we're supposed to be like the the fun I mean, if you if properly uh, properly prepare uh, yourself, I guess. Yeah, like um, not a twelve-hour. Dr- I mean, but everyone was. You know, yeah, and I was drinking was all during the day. Which usually, when I day drink, I can't night drink too. 
I probably they drink too much. I don't know. Let's not make this a podcast about drinking. Yes. Um, but Saturday, you wake up and you do it all over again. And that's when, like, everyone is coming in. I don't know if they get up. And then all the vendors are there because some people don't show up Yeah, some Saturday. people don't even come. Some of the vendors don't even come till Saturday. I'm assuming that's ones who either have a very quick setup or live close by. Um, just because us were coming so far, like there's no way we would have gotten a setup just Saturday before people came in. Um, I don't know if they got a full total number on the amount of people that come to the show. Oh yeah, they but, definitely do. Well, they didn't announce it. Um, but I mean, it was just constant. Um, it's very interesting though, the way that the convention center is laid out. Cause you have like the main room with, you know, 20 foot ceilings and it's really, really big. Then you have this like clearly addition area it's it's still open but like it's different and the ceilings get lower and so we were in that lower addition area and you cannot tell like anything that's happening in the rest of the room um so it's kind of weird like we have no indication of how packed it truly i mean we could tell it our seemed aisle to be, it was always a lot less crowded in our aisle than it was saying some of like the middle aisles and stuff like that but then you got these guys that for the first year this year they opened up different rooms in the venue so in so they usually do talks in those rooms so there's the main venue you know the main floor where everyone is and then off to the right there's like these little they're like ballroom you know how like, yeah. the center, it's like ballroom d e f now these are small this is probably not bigger than like i don't know a burger king <laughs> okay smaller than reference. a i'm trying to What's a, but basically, they would yeah. jam like five or six vendors in each one, and then they were down the hall, and I kind of felt bad. I don't know if anyone, how many people really made it. I mean, we went to them just because I knew about them, but how many people knew about those extra rooms, I'm not sure. I don't want to make this a negative podcast, no. but... I, I don't know if there's anything more. They No, there was. They should have done more to promote those those side rooms to yeah. be honest it's not like you walk in the front door of the convention center and you see those side rooms right there the main room is so large you have to walk down the hall a little bit to see those side rooms now granted they had a they sign had banners, but... they had a banner but that banner needed to be right in front of the main door i think if it had been, it was off to the side still because you know there was the main door there was uh someone had a table pangea or maybe someone had a table right there in the front and then it was the sign. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if that sign had been right when you walked in, I think more people would have gone to those side rooms, but it's unfortunate. And they announced it maybe every five hours that those side rooms existed. But I think to make up for it, they should have announced it every hour. I think, yeah. which would have gotten annoying to vendors, but I'm, it, that's what those people in those side rooms yeah were and then kind of like lance was saying people who couldn't get in the main one they went to those but the thing is a packed room you know that room's capacity is probably like 20 people <laughs> you know like it was packed with 20 people but in the main floor you got aisles packed with hundreds of people yeah. so yeah but uh, i mean i don't know but I, also i mean there's many ins and outs to planning a yeah moments like this that we don't know no. so we can't like truly comment but like benjamin yonker said it can't be cheap to vengeance it's not i think, and I those think the people, rooms were cheaper i think they were? said that they were 
right? You know, okay. Yeah. I hope so. I'm a lot sure of there's speculation of whether they got to pay less <laughs> or not. Yeah. I hope they got to pay less because it was it's not equal. And then it ended up being you saw some of the people from those rooms walking around in the main room trying to advertise for themselves. Well, there was a random guy with a sign of the cardboard sign that said, I have baby bearded dragons with someone with a backpack trailing behind him. I don't know if that guy got like kicked out or something, but I was about to say something. I was just, obviously guys, you can't just get into the show and then put up like a homeless people sign <laughs> for baby bearded dragons. That's not cool. Um, yeah, it's really a, uh, it's just interesting and not something to continue talking about. Um, should we, so what else happened Saturday? Oh, Saturday, so Saturday we is where animals. we got some animals. So there's only one we purchased. There's only one we purchased and you want to talk about it? Yeah. So the one we purchased, we actually purchased the same animal well, the same genetics last year and we picked up a female orange corn snake from Larry Keller and if you guys don't know Larry Keller does a lot with not only does he do corn snakes but he does a lot of the old world rat snakes and he was the first person or at least one of the first people to breed Mullendorfi in captivity or the hundred flower rat snake as well as I believe he was the first person to hatch out the mandarin rat snake, which is obviously kind of a staple of herpetoculture today. Even for the, the old world rat snakes, I would say that's one of the most popular ones. So he really paved the way in that way. So it's really cool to just talk to him about that kind of thing. As well as, you know, we went through the whole clutch since we were a little bit early, we went through the whole clutch and made sure we got the best looking male that we could. And it is an amazing looking little animal. We posted it up today on our Instagram. If you guys want to check that out, crazy head stamp that looks like, you think it looks like a clown or some people said skull, but I think it does pretty much look like a clown. And also, I guess that may have been Saturday, too. We got to meet Brian Gundy, who's in the chat right now. <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Brian Gundy is someone to where, when I first got into reptiles, he was one of, like, the original reptile YouTubers. And he wasn't this guy who had this amazing, you know, luxurious setup, like, you know, at the time where BHB and even, like, the Ben Rennix of the world, that's probably a little bit earlier, but, or a little bit later, but people didn't have just like, it wasn't just like a basement breeder was making those kinds of videos. And he was the first, like somewhat hobbyist who had videos on this and how to do it as what seemed like a normal person instead of these <laughs> crazy commercial level setups and everything. So shout out to Brian Gundy for heading out. And I think he went, uh, he went there with Cusco. So so it was awesome meeting him and the fact that he watches or pays attention to, to us. our channel. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just awesome. So it was nice meeting you, Brian, and thanks for watching. And so talking about the Larry Keller animals, and we went through and we picked out our favorite one, and that's pretty much that. Yeah, and so I'm hoping... Uh, they... We kind of had that in our mind before. We yeah, that was the one I was like, okay... There, that's going to be the one I know we probably buy just because last year you got the last one and it's such an interesting animal and I don't know anyone else working with it and I want to learn more. 
Um, so we definitely had to get another one just to breed those eventually in the future and learn more about how they work. And I think it kind of lends itself to we're all about figuring things out and figuring genes out. Like when something pops out, we want to know how it works. And also something that stops you like in your tracks. But we're willing to take the time and effort to go back and figure out more about it. So, you know, this might be something that we breed to a normal next year or not next year when they're, you know, when they're uh, a breeding age and everything, just to see what happens with it and what's going on. Is preached to figure out what's going on. There's so many things going on in corn snakes. Take the time to go back and breed it out and figure out all the different genes that are in that animal. Yeah, and it's something to where Larry's kind of old school. He's he breeds this orange male to this orange female every single year. He's not bringing it out to anything else or putting anything else in. You know, so. So it's fun. We can play around with whatever genetics are going on and we can reap the benefits of some of Larry's line breeding in order to add some pizzazz to our projects. You could say these animals are like so bright. It's just, they're ridiculous looking. So, so that's really why we picked those up because they're really like showstoppers. And I don't think people have seen them enough or I don't think they've been put into other things enough you know to give them <laughs> enough credit so i'm really pumped to be working with those and those are really cool animals and um, i think we said it but larry keller is a prairie land herpeticulture yeah so um, prairie land herp is his herp. like facebook i believe you can look him up yeah so saturday then we also um we're going to mention colin a lot of crosstown exotics colin um gifted us to mbk if you don't know mexican black king snake uh, animals and uh, we love those and we've had some unfortunate luck with MBKs in the past. Just because um, they were males and they should have been females. <laughs> it's not like anything nowhere uh, we couldn't care for them or anything. Right, it's just right. We had so mis And the missexing and everything. So he um, gave us a pair that we're excited to grow up with that also. Um, and shoot, I had something else to say related to that. As you guys know, we got an MBK also a couple months ago on a breeding loan. So we're definitely looking to get into MBKs in the future and expand our, our breeding projects our that horizons way. with the black snakes. Oh, I remember what it was. Um, Damn. Small anecdote. Joe's going to get mad at me. It is still so interesting to me, the wide variety of pricing on MBKs. It's been, I feel like, a full year we've been talking about it. And we still see some out there that are at There is a pair. a pair for $1,250. Yeah. $1,250. And how much did you pay for your first NBK? 80 bucks? Yeah, somewhere somewhere <laughs> around 80 to to $100. And it just, it's, you know, they're not all like that, but it's just still, I'm so interested to see how long this lasts, this mm. this weird price thing going on with NBKs, and when is it going to level out and everything. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't like to, I don't like to play the market that much. So I just didn't really get into them or do anything crazy. And Colin of Crosstown Exotics is just the man. So yeah. there you go. And if you live in the Chicago area, you should definitely go check out his um, haunted house that he's a part of. Statesville. I was about to say, I forgot the name. Statesville. It sounds super crazy. You go down the slide into this basement. You take a bus into the middle of the woods, and then you have to, like, walk 15 feet in the woods. 
definitely something that I'm too much of a wuss for. But if you like scary stuff like that, it sounds like pretty much the scary, I mean, the wildest haunted house I've ever heard of. Um, I feel like you probably have to sign a waiver before. <laughs> you have to do that for all of them. Um, but yes, if you're in the Chicago area, definitely check that out. Um, Brian Gundy, that may be what it was. It may have been 1200 and not 1250. I may be incorrectly remembering. But yes, the pair of adults blows my mind that they're for 1200 when Joe paid yes. $80 for one of his. Yes. I can't. I just, <laughs> I can't believe it. By the way, you didn't put the mics on. So thank you, Brian Holt. Oh, we've just been that. doing this for, I didn't, why are you saying me? Because you set it up. No, you set up StreamYard. You okay. made the studio thing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we did that half a podcast. Wow. Oops, guys. Awesome. Well, on the audio version, you can change that, can't you? No. You can't bump it up? And I was supposed to, we were supposed to be recording and I didn't. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Saturday night. Saturday night. What did we do? Uh-huh. Are you, uh, you actually not remember? Or are you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Riley Wes Anderson, who has been on the podcast as well, he is actually a tattooer and he is from Minneapolis or he's living in Minneapolis right now. And he came out and did a guest spot at a friend's shop, you know, south of Chicago. And then he headed up to Tinley Park on that Saturday. Yeah. So we met him there. And then we went to our hotel room. And <laughs> we text Ryan, what's going on with this chat, man? Um, sorry. So in a not classy way, um, but an amazing way, we got tattoos in our hotel room at Tinley. And I still stand by until someone corrects me. I think this is the first Tinley tattoo session. Um, and so I got this, which I can't really show right. <laughs> I don't know how to show it, but it says to the moon and back. That doesn't, it's still upside yeah, down. You'll get it. Mine says to the moon and back. And Joe got a bat that we can't really show. But if you look on our Instagram, I posted a story yesterday of his bat. Um, and Kyle Phillips earlier said, should we start calling you Batman? <laughs> <laughs> um, There's already one of those in the reptile hobby. Um, there is. Oh, yeah. yeah, duh, duh, duh. Sorry. No, Joe just wanted something spooky, so he got a bat. Yeah. And then Riley just literally freehanded it and just drew it. Yeah, out of thin did air. an amazing job. And I was like, I'm very happy with on? mine. Um, and we also recorded a podcast, but I need to do a lot of editing, and it's gonna be like a B side secret show that I'm sure it's a lot of random talking. And there's going to be like machine noise and stuff like that. So I'm going to have to edit it. And it's going to be something that's like put out as an extra. And it should be interesting. And I hope it's not terrible. But the people who are going to. If you really want to like, know, oh, like, geez. if you want to listen to unfiltered, literally snake out. talk, it was so in our room, obviously, it was or us, even games, Game of Thrones. It was us two and Riley West Anderson and then Brandon Wheeler. Um, did we say him that we met? So if you don't know Brandon yes, Wheeler yeah. of um, Moralia House in California, Joe is wearing his shirt right now. Um, you should definitely look at his stuff. But he was in the room. Our friend Carly, our friend Ryan, James, and Katie, um, they were all in our room. And we were just basically talking 
tattoos and snakes the whole time. And so yeah. it's, it's very unfiltered. It's very raw. I don't know if the rest of the world will be interested in it. And like Joe said, the tattoo machine was going most of the time. So it, it's not going to be the best audio quality, but we felt like we should put it out there. I feel like, yeah, why not do a podcast while you're being tattooed at NERBC Tinley in the hotel room? And also, I didn't realize that it is pretty difficult to think about questions and car- carry on normal conversation when you're getting tattooed. But you were so like, it still. It doesn't hurt. Well, that's what I'm focusing more on staying still than I am on coming, you know, up with new questions to ask Riley, because obviously that's probably his main concern. And that's probably my main concern yeah. is the fact that the tattoo is good. Well, thankfully, so we I had people like, in the room who are pretty uh, consistent coming up with questions. Carly. <laughs> I wasn't going <laughs> to say any names. Someone is just like real great at rapid fire questions. And so it helped you out. But yeah. by the way, I realize I'm dating like a mutant alien person. Joe did not bleed once. And that tattoo was at least an hour and a half. And like no blood came up. He, I wasn't even red. He, it didn't why. swell. It didn't get red. My little baby thing was so red and swollen. Joe had nothing. Yeah. He's just an alien. I don't know. And Riley did yours, and like I swear, it was so quick. It had been. And I'm not it hurts so bad. You know, the whole time I get tattoos, I'm like, why do I want these things? This is torture. But it's one of those things like it hurts while he's pressing the needle, but as soon as he takes it away, it doesn't hurt. You know, and there's like, some type of numb to it after a little while. Like, like typically, thirty minutes of tattoo of getting a tattoo is not. You know, another hour isn't much worse than that. But when you get to like three hours and stuff, it can get brutal. But you kind of go numb after a while. And then after the outline's done, everything feels better. Okay. And the shading <laughs> feels better than the outline. Um, I don't know. You're weird and things don't hurt you. I don't it, was, it was super awesome. And Riley's a great tattooer. Yeah. Check him out. Um, Riley Wes Anderson. I'm not sure what his handles are anywhere. He says it in the podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. If you look up R-Y-L-E-E, Wes Anderson, you can find him on Facebook and Instagram. He is such a cool like actor name, Riley Wes Anderson. Isn't yeah. there a popular actor like, that's Wes Anderson? Is it literally uh, Wes Anderson? I was, like, I was thinking like Wes Craven, and uh, the but there is, is like a Wes Anderson. I think there's name. a Wes Anderson. Someone yeah, who's a little, sure. I don't know, but it's a perfect like actor name, but also a cool tattoo name, Riley Wes Anderson. And he's one of those people where you feel like you need to say his full name. Just yes. because it's so cool. <laughs> Which James Lewis is that for you? Yeah, I can call him James, but for some reason you can't. I can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, Wes Anderson's a director. I knew there it. There you go. Um, but Wes yeah, Anderson. so that was most of our Saturday night. We didn't even go out because the tattoos took a large majority of the night. Yes. Um, but it was so worth it and amazing. Um, and then and Riley keeps Dry Marcon as well as Patias and other crazy big colubrids. So. We talked a bit about that. He also went down to Florida to mess with venomous snakes with some yeah, YouTubers wild. that are pretty controversial. But <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. We talk about it in the podcast. So if you guys want to hear about that, you know, about I forget, what's that guy's name? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. But we talk about them. Chandler and maybe the other one's Taylor. Is that his name? I have no idea. I don't even remember having that conversation. So that's great. Ooh, bam. Yeah. 
So Saturday night was uh, super fun. Yes, Ian. Sorry, I skipped ahead a little bit. Now we can bring in Ian. Um, if you don't know, Ian Bissell lives in Florida, and he went to the University of Florida. And if you know anything about college football, my team, LSU, played the University of Florida on Saturday. And all of Saturday, I was messing with uh, Ian and just, you know, all the normal football taunting. And it was great. I literally like sped from our hotel room right before we got the tattoos to where uh, Ian was eating dinner just to go mess with him right before halftime. Um, and I just love football and all the things that go along with it. And so she was just <laughs> super disrespectful to Ian the whole time. I wasn't yeah. disrespectful. It's called, uh, what's the word? All right. After you win, you got to be a good sport. I said one thing after. There was like Facebook posts, and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but he has the he has the Condro shirt that we made actually for Southeast Carpet Fest. It's in Florida colors, and it says Condro. So yeah, he was wearing that. But go Tigers! So just because we won, <laughs> I had to sure. had to say at the end, and now it's over. Um, okay, yeah. so then Sunday morning, Sunday morning's a little bit later of a day. Um, VIPs and vendors get in at ten. And it yeah, opens for the like public that. at 11. I think like that, just because, you know, Sundays are slower. People and come in later. I don't know if I would say there was any less than Saturday. Maybe there was. No, there was. There was no, more there lulls. Was. Never was mind. There was more a, lulls. It's such a sleepy day in comparison. Sorry. Yeah. Saturday. I don't know why I said that. Um, there was definitely lulls in it. Uh, but still, compared to like a, your local show, it's still much bigger. And all the fun wears off because there's like not much more. There's not another so, big night. Like, you know? not, like 80% of the people are taken off that day, even though we were staying an extra day. So many people go home that day. So it's not like we're looking forward to hang out with more people or so. But not like we weren't doing anything. And unfortunately, we still weren't able to get our spotted cow from Emily and Ed. Oh, I don't think most people know what that is. You should explain. No, that. it's a beer. We talked about it on the podcast with yes, them. But yes. it's a beer that you can only get in Wisconsin, I believe it is. And uh, yeah, apparently people from there really love it. So. Really like their beer. But I do have to say it was really great to meet Emily and Ed. Um, I think they are one of the people who are very similar in their YouTube videos as they are in real life. I don't think they're really putting much on. Um, I think that's just who they are. But I also don't envy them. Because no. every five <laughs> seconds, there was a child wanting to take pictures with and them. We're, yes. And how many, there were so many people that were just decked out and the whole family is in snake discovery gear. And I then, would like that. I'm, I'd be okay with that. The whole family right, right. had Port City Pythons. But you have to talk to them. You have them. to like really talk to Which them. I and understand like, we do, but we do it at such a small level that it's not like they go to a show and the whole show is consistently talking to people and it's not. For us, it's usually talking to adults. For them, they're talking to, to usually the younger crowd. So so it's super crazy just to see how much. And I don't you know, think even if I'm they really wanted. still excited throughout the whole I day. think if they like wanted to vend, I don't think they even could. Ed would be back there. And I then think, or the I think they'd have to have their own room. I think they would literally have to have a room. Yes. They should and do they a probably would sell out in two minutes. They'd probably sell out in two minutes because all of them would. If all the were, people would buy all their stuff immediately. If, if the NERBC people were smart, I mean, they could fill, they could do a presentation. Emily and Ed could do a presentation 
and sell out like an auditorium like like what the gecko symposium is 100 percent. they could sell out a venue like that with 25 five dollar tickets easily like, easily easily and like people would be knocking down the doors to still get in yeah um but yeah they're just great people i was joking with ed though i was saying like i wonder what would happen if we like switched ed out with you because people don't really see what Ed looks like most of the time. Like, but his would voice they, is pretty Would obvious, they notice right? <laughs> if it was, or maybe not you, someone more similarly looked. And it's funny because we're with them and then you see like a little kid start interacting and then Emily goes over and then Ed's just hanging out with us. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, Ed gets, aren't you glad that he does? You don't have to do that. <laughs> right. I don't know. But it's just very interesting. And it's so, it's, Many of the YouTubers are like how they are on their videos, but I think them especially, they're just good people all around. And we actually had dinner with them on Saturday night, right? No, Friday yeah, night. Friday night, maybe. I can't remember. All of it's blending in. But um, and then and then we got the film for a Snake Discovery video that Sunday morning. Yes, yes. So definitely watch their post Tinley video. We were in a they they highlight kind of I think four or five breeder or vendors. I think they said, um, and we were one of them. So that was really cool to be in their video. Um, so Sunday, actually, a lot of stuff did happen. Um, that non reptile selling related things happened. That happened. Um, Lance and um, Becky Kirkman, they are awesome people who watch us and follow us. And it's just all just cool people to meet. We love meeting people who follow us. Um, and so I saw them like every day, but we ended up getting a picture with them and we filmed a little thing with them of us taking shots out of, oh, shoot, something horn, a what horn? Steer, like off of a cow. A steer horn. I've never heard that. Like, you know, you lived in Texas. What is a steer? Things with the damn horns. I know what a cow is. I don't know what a steer and a bull. I've never heard of a steer. Okay. It was bull. Okay. Um, and we, uh, took shots out of it and just talked about what Lance keeps and everything and just more sneak talk. So stuff like that is always welcome. <laughs> if you ever want to provide us with alcohol and snake talk, we're always down. By the way, if you like snakes and beer, check out Port City oh Python. Oh my God, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so Becky, Lance's wife also has never held a tarantula. And, and that you, was one of our goals right, coming if, into it. If you've listened to our previous podcast, I've been saying for probably like, I don't know, two months now that I'm going to do it. I'm going to face my fear. I'm going to hold a tarantula. And to be honest, I really was going to back out. Like, I was just like, oh, it's and it not was worth Sunday, it. So we were like, was, we were tired. We were sad of not making as many sales as we wanted. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then, um, what's Bill? Yes. Bill of Friends of Scale. Friend- yes. Friends okay. of Scale. Friends of Scales came up to us and he was like, so you said you're going to hold that tarantula. And and by the way, like we were kind of getting scape. I mean, I was still all for it, but I didn't know if it would materialize in time. <laughs> like I wasn't sure. And if you we weren't were pushing it. for it. You weren't trying to make you weren't pushing to make it happen. No, but it was but it was just funny that he came up to us at the exact time where we had to do it. Yeah. I mean, we knew that this had to happen. If it was going to happen, it was going to happen at that moment. He came up and we've all said yes. And then Becky said she hadn't ever held one. So she would do it for the first time as well. So we're like, okay, let's just go do it. Um, I know I'm a wimp and I know I'm irrational. 
but that was one of the most adrenaline pumping things <laughs> I've ever done in my life. And it was also the most like anti-dramatic thing. It was very right. It's not like it fell out of the sky on my head or like it got thrown at me or anything. Like it was very, very calm. I was, was not calm. I was not calm. It was all me. No one else was like, you know, making me feel this way. It was all in my head. But like um, the Friends of Scales people were in one of those side rooms we were talking about earlier. So we had to walk down the hall a little bit. And just the whole time walking down the hall, I just feel I feel my blood rising. And like I'm just getting warmer and warmer and warmer and so nervous. Just things with legs, y'all. Just And it's so many legs. Eight of them. Eight of them. And in my head, I'm like, oh, it's going to be so fuzzy. It was a mixture of me being scared of it and also me being scared of what I'm going to do to it. Because as Joe will tell you, I have very terrible knee-jerk reactions. Yes. Meaning, like, if you see in the podcast, if you hear a loud thump, it's her, like, swatting a bug or something. She is a natural born killer (laughs) and like thrower like a little thing i'll feel and i'll like do like that or like yes and i was like if you do that we're gonna have to cease to be seen together (laughs) in public because i was so nervous i was gonna throw it kill a tarantula (laughs) when we're supposed to be people who like animals (laughs) especially exotic animals in which you know, tarantulas are usually lumped in with the reptiles and amphibians type of thing. Yeah. So I, it was just so many fears, so many and things Bill, going. Bill just really educated us about like every aspect of, I believe it was a Chilean rose hair, if I am correct. So Lance can probably correct me in the feed if I'm wrong. And yeah, I felt very comfortable because. The way he set it up, the way Bill did it was he put it in like this coconut half shell, like a little hide that you would use. And then even though he did that, I mean, you had your Fitbit on before. What was it like? 155? No, Uh, it was 132, I think, was the highest Um, just because I kept it was also like, yeah. And it was bad, though, because I kept looking at it and then getting more freaked out. So I uh, just kept going higher and higher. And like as he was talking, like I would it would go down for a second because he really he has a very calm voice and like he was really explaining things. Um, by the way, this will all be in a video. We filmed all of his explanations. You'll get to see it all. Um, but uh shoot, he was really calm and it was great to hear. But then like I knew as he was talking, it was getting cool that minute was getting closer and closer to me to having to actually After a do bit, it. I was like, let's just stop stalling. <laughs> I respect all this that is going on, but I don't know if it's going to help Melissa really at all. I think she needs it to did just... a little bit, but then it got bad. And I knew <laughs> I had to go first because I feel like if I saw you do it for some reason, I would back out. Um, so I went first. I said, "Yeah, I mean, you kind of volunteered. I was kind of surprised. About that. I, I thought to, you were going to be last. I need to go first because if I see other people, I'll win, I'll list out. I have to go first. You know, like when we go rock climbing, I like to go first because I'll back out. Um, but uh, <laughs> Ryan Cox said 120 um, beats per minute is high for for a high level workout, and I you got to <laughs> work out harder because that isn't high. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> like like 155 is usually like the cardio zone." people try to be in if you're okay gotcha so i wasn't the, my 132 wasn't too crazy then yeah right? but 
but I wasn't no, doing that is anything. Pretty crazy. You weren't doing anything. <laughs> I was literally just standing still. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting, what he told us is that um when tarantulas like feel like something is like too warm or like it's hotter than it should be, they won't stay there. Um, oh yeah, that, that it, it literally so he put the bowl down. I had my hand in front of it. And he let it like he kind of coaxed it out of its coconut bowl and it literally stepped on my hand for one second and then went off. And like before but, it came out, it like went. Boop, oh, boop, yeah. It kept it tapping. Like... It would tap my finger and then go back in or tap my hand and then go back in. And then he had to keep like. Cool. Co- co- what's the word? Coaxing it. Coaxing it out <laughs> to get on my hand. Um, and it literally immediately went off. So it's like, I didn't even get like a full feel of it because it was so quick. Um, but he was saying, Bill was saying when he, he touched my hand before the snake, just to like keep my, or the snake, geez, the tarantula, just to keep my hand still. And he was saying he could feel the heat coming off of me. I'm getting nervous even talking about this right now. I bet I'm so warm just already. And like, it was um, tentative to come out. And then when it did come out, well, first of all, your face was, I mean, you didn't even really look at it. Oh, yeah. No, I couldn't look at it. I literally, literally had my face turned or like I was like up or down. I couldn't look at it. I couldn't watch it. I had a, it needed to happen without me looking because if I was watching it, I would have like snatched my hand back or something. I couldn't look. <laughs> it was crazy, but I did it. And to be honest, it felt nothing like I thought it was going to be. He explained that there was pads on the bottom of each of their feet, but I didn't truly like realize oh wait it's literally just gonna feel like almost like weird little pincers right there's like two there's the little claws but i didn't feel the little claws yeah. so you said you felt the claws i didn't feel uh, the little claws no I just... maybe carly did someone did um but it just it you didn't i didn't feel the fuzziness and so that's what i was worried about was the yeah, freaky fuzziness it at all. when yeah. it's only on when its legs are on your bottom like this you only feel the pads now if i like did some things like that i mean yeah who's gonna be rubbing rubbing it, it. i don't know but uh, yeah i didn't feel the fuzziness and so it wasn't as bad as i thought but it happened and it was it was scary but i did it and i'm proud of myself <laughs> and then becky went and she didn't really seem that phased everyone else was much calmer you went carly went and like i went i put my hand down and went out and i literally stood yeah, just that chill in your hand. Yeah. Didn't do any- now, how did you get it back? Did Bill get it back in or? Yes, I believe so. For you, like she just went over your hand. For me, <laughs> she just hung out Stop there. It. And then I guess it may have been different if it was moving a lot and I was trying to hold it. But everything was just so controlled that I didn't feel like there was any way that things were going to get weird or scary or you know, anything I was uncomfortable with, it was like so controlled and straightforward that there was no reason to be scared, really. Okay, thanks for making me feel good. Well, no, I mean, that's just <laughs> the way it is. And I, was, I was just saying most people weren't. For the rest of the world, you don't need to be as scared as I was. Yeah, and then Carly got down and she held it, but she loves tarantulas. And I don't think she's she's ever she didn't, she one. hadn't ever held one, even though she loves them. Now, this is not to say that if one pops up in my house, I will be just as terrified and I will not touch it. Oh yeah, wild ass one. This is one that was in a <laughs> coconut shell and it like and it touched your hand yeah. first to be not touching anything wild. <laughs> I mean, I don't touch wild snakes even. Um. But yes, that was Sunday. And then at the end of Sunday, kind of when we were saying our goodbyes, like we went around and talked to more people. So we talked to Billy Hunt again. I 
think we're going to Southeast Carpet Fest and yeah. Daytona after talking to Billy. It's pretty possible. Um, and we went and talked to Colin of Crosstown Exotics again, and that's mm-hmm. when he pulled out some of his animals, um, show animals that he uses for his educational things. Um, so Joe got to hold his first anaconda. And what did you think of it? I think I held a yellow at at Wes's house actually. Which is a very different experience. Yes. Wow, how dare you. Lake Charles? Oh, Jesus. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Who's also a tattoo. It's confusing me, Riley Wes Anderson. It's threw me off. I was like, Wes. Yes, Wesley Owens. Okay. Uh, yes. So I did I did hold a yellow at his house, but it was a small yellow and it was a demon like I've heard many yellows are. And I mean, greens have also been known to be a little cantankerous, but I held Gamora, the female green anaconda she's probably you know she's not full size yet she may be half of her full size but it was still a really huge and powerful snake and it feels crazy when that thing's around your neck but she was Uh, calm yeah yeah she doesn't even mean to squeeze but it's like it just is right just her girth alone squeezes you um but i don't think she's doing it on purpose i did not hold that I probably would have. Why not? I was like, it's too heavy. It's going to bring me to the ground. I don't know. I mean, what did he say? She was 20 pounds or so? I don't know. She seemed real heavy. You <laughs> held her. Carly held her. I touched her. <laughs> I was happy with that. I took some pictures. Oh, Ryan held her too. I yeah. don't know. I don't have a desire to hold big snakes. It, really? No. Well, you don't really have a desire to hold many snakes at all. <laughs> okay. I want to hold a blackhead. Yeah, that would be cool. A big black. I don't well, see. I don't even need it to be a big. That's the thing. I don't. A big <laughs> size doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I just like how they look, and you know, if it's something I and it's like the green anaconda just doesn't do anything for me looks wise. Yeah, you know, um, just the heaviest snake. But again, size doesn't matter <laughs> to me. It doesn't do anything. If that's some crazy colors or something head. like that, I don't know. Just didn't do it. But okay. Green. Okay. It's just one color. It's like crazy colors, sir. Green and black. And then there's the orange on the head. Not crazy. It's really okay. great. Looking. Beautiful sink to a lot of people in the world. And I would love to see it. Um, and then you saw, what was that thing with legs? <laughs> Euromastics. It was an Egyptian Euromastics that Colin had had, which is the biggest species of Euromastics, what I learned from them. And uh, yeah, it was a super cool animal. That thing is like... The most calm creature you could ever have. And so like ancient looking. Yeah. And that that tail is super, super spiky. Oh, really? Did you touch it? Yeah. It's like it kind did, of hurts. Did it whip you a little bit? No, no. no it didn't even move at all. But I but touched it, still it and hurt? it's kind of sharp. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's a cool animal. Not anything that. uh We're that trying we to work with. Eat. Yeah. <laughs> no need. But they are super cool. Any three. Hang out with any other of his animals, or that it? No, I think that was it. That's all he had. He had the cock's eye as well. But oh yeah, that cock's eye was cool. I like that. He and he just picked that up. I think. I think he just got that. Um, what other cool animals did we see? Oh, we saw Tanzania. Yes. Yeah, so probably some of the best animals at the table or at the show weren't even really at the show. <laughs> they were behind the tables. They were behind the <laughs> under, table. Under the tables. I believe that was a joint project of Matt and Keith. McPeak. Yes. And they had um, two green-faced Sanzinias. 
which I believe someone was there to sex them and they got two females. And green Sanzenia are like really green. I mean, I know that I saw them at the Philly Zoo, but honestly, those animals were better than the animal that was at the Philly Zoo. But those are top notch looking animals. They're super cool. And if you guys don't know, they come in Mandarin phase and they have green phase. Matt has the Mandarin phase at his house, which, you know, is kind of like a Mandarin rat snake. It's a gray and yellow animal. Maybe it's not as contrasted as a Mandarin rat, but it's in boa form, which is super cool. And then the green phase are the more rare animals. And to even get a pair in the United States is very difficult. So it's awesome to see the animals in person because no one is probably really there's a very small the eyes that have looked at that. <laughs> yeah. Those kinds of animals. Yeah. yeah. Now, what are mats that he is at his house? Matt has the Mandarin. The Mandarin. I think I like those better than the green. I don't know. I like it's that hard. deep red, the deep like brown red and the bright yeah, yellow. Yeah, they have some reddish when they're yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell what, especially when you're talking about people who like rare reptiles. Are things cool because they are beautiful? Are things cool because they are rare? So that's one of those things where I think the, I think both are beautiful. But the greens to me are more beautiful. I'm not sure if that's because I know that they're rare <laughs> and people hype them up so much more. But yeah, like anyone who's privy to snakes would say, oh, the greens are amazing. And I don't know if it's just because we know that the greens are rare. I don't know. I tend to like things that other people don't. But I, I like that. I like Matt's the best. Um, what other cool animals did we see? Obviously, Jason Hood's blackheads. I just, I love all blackheads. Um, he also has those crazy neotropical bird snakes or whatever they are, and the spilotes. I don't even know, even though we had a podcast on it, those are just some crazy, awesome, beautiful animals that I don't understand <laughs> at all, but they're super cool. And then something cool that I saw was actually at. Uh, I believe that guy is, his name is Steve, but it is, uh, he's of Leaping Leeches. And he had an cataphractus, which is the armadillo girdled lizard, which is that animal that. that is completely armor plated. And then, you know, oh, it's that animal that, that, that um, Stephen Bushcow was talking about, right? Yeah. No way. How did I miss that? Yeah, so he had the, it's that that animal that it looks like it's covered it's covered in spikes, but it is um you know, it's a pretty small lizard fit in the palm of your hand, maybe like six where, inches where or Where was so. his table? How did I miss that? His table was in the middle of the aisle. It was just Was uh, he holding it? it? Plain, plain sight. No, no, it was, was in a display enclosure. Was it rolled up or was it out? No, no, it was just hanging out there. So their defense is actually to bite their tail and kind of ball up so that they're just a spiky mess right. that no one would want to mess with. That is so cool. It's I'm a so really sorry. cool animal. You didn't get a picture like, of it or a video? No, you bad YouTuber and I, I was really bad at, at doing video and all that stuff. There was just so much stuff going on. But that was definitely probably my favorite animal that was at the show. and. I was, I think there were like 3250 or something. That's oh my God. <laughs> oh my, there was more than one. 
No, I think there was one. I don't know. There may have been elsewhere. Thirty-two fifty. Right, Lord. but I have never seen that animal at a show. That is for sure. How did he get that one in? <laughs> Those are definitely not native, right? Steve Camelli, or is it Samelli? Samelli, Camelli. I don't know. Sounds Camelli. like someone we need to get on the. Yeah, podcast. he does all the Northeast shows. I believe he's from New Jersey, so we'll have to get him on. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, and he also has a Bell's Face lace monitor, I believe. But I'm not going to speak for him. I don't know. 100% Crazy things. Sure. Um, yeah, that's wild. Um, what else did we see? Oh, did we say we saw Garrett? Yeah. Oh, and sorry, I'm all over the place. We'd already met Garrett, but this is my first time seeing Garrett's setup. Right. The infamous Garrett Hartle setup. We are setup. in Garrett's house right now. Actually. Yes, guys. This is uh, we just stole a little piece of his uh setup. <laughs> Sorry, Garrett. Hopefully you'll notice soon. Um, but his setup is what everyone says it is. It's a hangout. Like, he has the motorcycle, the tables. I guess been for had- people listening to the audio, we have this, like, reclaimed wood backdrop that we just put up. That we stole from Garrett. That we stole from Garrett, of course. Yeah. Um, Garrett has, like, charging stations for people's phones, coffee mugs. And um, one of the coolest things Garrett had that was not a snake thing is he got some um, personally designed... Uh, high top converse that um this guy i don't remember where he lives or anything about the guy but he does you know unique personal shoe design and so garrett had reach out reptiles and a snake on it um and it was awesome and he put up for the option this guy will do your your own shoe for you if you bid on that item and it was pretty awesome having those shoes there um other than that what other cool animals did we see so like james had mentioned we saw some cool sand boas and sorry that's an oxymoron to me this guy rufus darden had the black russian sandboas which are just black sandboas wow but they 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 like to be kept cool and stuff like that they're totally opposite and then james got these awesome indian sandboas which were like super orange with random black blotches on them and those are super beautiful animals speaking of worms don't know i always like give a lot of hate to sand boas because they're worms. But I saw for the first time there's a wormier snake, even wormier than a sand boa. Let's pull it up. Joe knows what I'm talking about, but I don't want to say <laughs> I it. I don't want to pull it up oh. on the Kamputra because these things are, I mean, you literally cannot tell the front from the back or the top, yes. like the face from the butt. You can't, it just all looks like one thing. And they're, I mean, it, it's so gross, but they look like a really long intestine. <laughs> like, they are so thick. There's no neck. It. I feel like uh, Travis Weinman's going to pop up with these one day. Yes. Um, so shout out to Brian Schaefer. Look at that on eggs. That is odd, huh? Doesn't look like she would fit ones, in there. Right? Yeah. Um, Brian Schaefer of what? Herp House? Of Herp House. He had a trio of Calabar burrowing pythons. Or ground wait a second. Are they yeah, Calabar burrowing? They're bur- I know they're burrowing pythons. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Oh, look at that. <laughs> and it, even the one I don't know if this is all the ones or the ones he had, they even have like a weird like scale like malformation on their butt that looks like an eye. Like look at that. That does not look like a face really yeah they're so... you know they have that mimic to where the tail looks like a head and then they will consciously try to attract predators to the t- 
tail, which looks like a head, in order to not get decapitated. It is such a crazy worm intestine. Worm intestine. Wow. And at these, no, I don't know if I just didn't see the bottom, but like the top of these was all dark brown. Like it didn't have any of those light yellow on top, at least it may have had it on bottom. But so it just looked in three of them. It was crazy. It was just so, (laughs) yeah, no necks. Yeah, those were, those were, I think that was one of the craziest ones I've seen. And James Lewis almost bought them. Those those aren't completely rare as far as you may catch those at a random really? show it yeah i've never seen them at least they were commonly imported i'm not sure how often they are imported now but what other kind of i'm sure there's plenty of other i unfortunately wasn't able to really see every table i mean when we go to a show and it's just us and we're not vending Especially Tinley, I need to go around like 10 times just to remember half the stuff. There's just so much stuff that it's hard. And yeah, so I didn't see these, but people are saying that there were emerald basins. So how did I not? I love emeralds. How did I not see them? I don't know. I believe they were young. So you may not have been able to tell 100% them from, say, a baby regular emerald that isn't a basin. Maybe. I don't know. There was, like Joe said, there's so much to see and we don't want to be away from our table too much. And that's another thing that having a greater time period between vendors and VIP, it would give us more time to walk around without people. Friday, no one was set up. So it's there was half of the people were set up, so we weren't able to do it then. And then Saturday, even when we went around early, some of the vendors still weren't there. Right. And yeah. so it just I feel like we didn't get to see everyone and everything. Oh, they said it was on Nerd's table as well as Bolin's, I guess, were on Nerd's table as well. And I just didn't look at it too much because there was just crowds. There, was, I mean, Nerd probably had one of the biggest crowds um, there. And I'm obviously Garrett had a crowd, too. But I think Nerd definitely brings in some of the bigger crowds. Um, but yeah. Those burrowing pythons were so crazy. I was just could I couldn't believe it. I haven't been that shocked in a little bit about a snake, not a snake I want, but just like it just blows my mind that it exists. Yeah, yeah. And then Travis Whistler had a whole bunch of rough scale pythons. Okay, talking like thirty animals. So that's pretty crazy to see. And then hmm, Carly said shovel nose snakes. I don't remember seeing those. Yeah, yeah, we saw those, I believe, at like one of the import <gasps> tables, whether it was triple L or James Lewis saw a kookery. How do I miss all of these? Oh, we should have sent that to Travis. Or, or something like that. Yeah. Which I mean, for oh. us, we have those typically at our show since Outback does our show. True, we, we have kookeries. And uh yeah, yeah, but those are rare snakes and not too many people get to see a lot. So Ruffies. <laughs> Benjamin stuff. said we should get a pair and breed them before Owen. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I believe Owen's female wanted to go this year, but he didn't want her to go. So he he should have some luck next year. It seems like a lot of people had some luck this year, which is kind of surprising. And I kind of can't wait for I mean, if that animal's $400, I'll pick it up. It's still at like what? We don't or so. need any roughies. No, I know, but I like them. Is what I'm saying. Meaning, like, if it gets to a pet level, then I'd be down to get okay. a pair or something. That would be my consideration. I don't know if I just didn't see or there, but I feel like I didn't see as much scaleless things as I was expecting. 
Yeah, I mean, we, there was that whole table oh, of scale. Okay, so forms. I definitely just missed it. <laughs> no, you were like, I saw those. It was a oh, whole table of. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I felt like at our previous like local show, so I was expecting like four or five tables of scaleless, to be honest. But I, I feel like there's not, you know, there Good. definitely weren't. Get them out of style. <laughs> no, but it just wasn't, you know, it was surprising considering how many people are still interested in it. Did you see rarer setup? So there, they have a bunch of the smaller monitors, and they have this. It's like a zoo exhibit. I mean, it was like limestone rock, you know, and the enclosures built in, and the monitors were just hanging out all about. In were the they near Garrett? Setups. Yes, it okay. was just it was on the back wall. Yes, yes, I remember seeing them. Yeah, so that was super cool, and that was just a super cool setup and super cool animals, and not that I'm. Unfortunately, I don't know enough about a lot of those little animals to be like blown away by anything because they all—they're all little brownish, reddish little monitors. But but there's other cool. random brown things that you're so into. I know. Yeah, you gotta be into the right brown things. I mean, like even at a place like Kinley, we don't have a lot of rare colubrids represented at all. So, like, never, ever would I see a random Baja rat snake. Never would I see a random, um, you know, green rat snake, Western Mm -hmm. green rat snake, which are the ones from the U.S., not like a red tail or green rat snake. I didn't see any mandarin rats. And, you know, I love those. I'm sure if we looked hard enough, we could find one But, like, those are so awesome. Why aren't there more of them? Yeah. Where's the love for rat snakes? There really isn't any. Besides, I mean, corn snakes, and besides, were there beauties there? There were Chinese beauties. There were Taiwan okay. beauties. Whether it was that's what I didn't get to see the zircon. That's really who was the, the rare collection. The thing is, it's old, old world rat snakes. It's never new world stuff. It's never. I just don't think people are that successful with the really rare, you know, new world things, but. I didn't get to see the Zirkles table as much as I wanted to. I probably should have. I should have been looking out for certain people, and I didn't really get around to it. And so sorry, whoever I... I wish you could, like, half bend. (laughs) But then that's dumb, because then you're potentially missing out on so much money. Because it's like, I would love to have one day where we don't bend at all and truly get to look at all the tables and Mm -hmm. then bend another. Like, there's just... I don't... It would have to be where, like, you leave me for the whole day and it's just me vending there by myself, which you know I hate. But right. that, I feel like that is the only way you would get to see uh, all the stuff. And then I would just make you film it so I could see it later. Uh, I feel like I want to go watch all the people, all the YouTubers who are there, like, go watch all their videos just to, like, see more stuff. But then I know by, like, the fifth person I'm going to be over it. There were so many YouTubers. Like... It, I think that's yes, kind of what where... turned us off from us filming more yes. and taking more pictures and stuff just because it there were so many. I also want to spend valuable time with our friends that we're not going to see again. And it's probably easier to do a video and have quality time with your friends while they are also... If they're also YouTubers, then they understand that the content needs to come and things like that. But I mean, yeah, like Emily and Ed came out to dinner and it's like, it's not like we're going to film during that or. 
But just, even at the show, it we even felt at weird. The show, it's yeah. like you know, and wants to be on camera and stuff like that. And maybe we're just too shy about it. Maybe we should be more open about it. But I don't know. I yeah, I can make weird. better videos, I guess, if I did. I don't know. We, if there was only like three people do, it's weird because if there's only one person doing it, I would also feel well fear feel weird about it. And then when there's 15 people doing it, I feel weird. I feel like a sweet spot is like six or seven, maybe even four or five people filming. Then I would feel more inclined. But I just, we feel weird just carrying around a camera the whole time. Um, but we got some in there. Definitely enough to make a video. We got some things. Um, but it's just, it's so different. Yeah. We're different, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we need to... Maybe if we planned it out better, did something. But I mean, I didn't see really like Garrett filming much or Cusco filming that much. Well, so. Cusco does his interviews. That's his main yeah. thing. Um, but he'll probably still vlog the trip. I mean, I to know. be honest, most of the people I saw with cameras, I have no idea who they were. Now, yeah, granted, I yeah. don't watch that. I don't watch any YouTube videos. Um, but I didn't know who half the people were with cameras. Um yeah, I don't know. Oh, someone else. Not one met. of you guys asked for me to be in your video. Only Emily and Ed. Now. So at least we get asked by the best. <laughs> wow, shots fired. Yeah, all the rest can. I wasn't talking about like Dave and Cusco, and the... I was talking about like random people that we didn't know. I was. Wow, you um, heard it here. Yeah, asking to be in your video. <laughs> you were in all of ours. No, you weren't. No, none of them were. They were on our podcast. That's probably why we suck at being podcast. YouTubers. Because they're like, oh, they don't even want us in their video. Well, we were in the, they were on our podcast. <laughs> That's why we need, to, we need to find out where we fit in. Like, if we're going to be YouTubers, then we got to, like, no, we're just do the YouTube We're just low-key ones. We're just low-key ones. I don't even know what that means. We're low-key. I don't know. Um, but next year, I do want to film a little bit more. Not crazy, but just like now that you've been there and you know kind of what it's going to be, maybe we can plan more effectively. Right. There was just some conversations I had with people I'm like, oh, that was a great conversation. Like, I wish that was on film, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, so just I want to film conversations, but that's kind of hard because then I feel like when you put the camera on, sometimes the conversation changes and that's hard to do. But well, we have a. 365 days we did to get figure it out to 10k subscribers while we were there yes so thank you all the youtube funny. people for watching uh all the videos that we do have out because it's nice to get to 10,000 and yes just been doing it for two years <laughs> it's so silly yeah it's like it's funny because tc came up and he's like hey you're about to be at 10,000 I was like, am I? Did we didn't even notice? We didn't even notice. But so shout out for TC knowing our numbers better than we do. But um, yeah, so that's super cool. And we're going to we're definitely going to put out a new video before Emily's video comes out so that if people see us from Emily's video, they know where to go and they have a video for them to watch. It's not just this podcast with us rambling on and on. Yes. So Ryan, uh volunteered himself as tribute to be our jamie there you go yeah if we could just it's kind of like some of those guys set up a booth like dave and clint had a booth where they were set up and then people came to them and did all that stuff like a lot of those guys have a booth just for their media stuff you know right. obviously brian has a has an area 
in the freedom breeder section. Also, we just have so such less equipment than any of those guys (laughs) again we have 365 days to do better clearly we're already doing better with this oh it moves (laughs) garrett's behind us oh just wait he'll pop out reach out reptiles things will just start popping up on here i do have to say garrett between garrett and emily it was a close tie as far as like merch i saw people wearing a lot of people were wearing reach out reptile shirts. That's true. So like his only his, a couple with our shirts going on. He's doing it. Like all his marketing <laughs> stuff he does is pays off. Like, you know, it's definitely Yeah, like the the sign he put above the urinals. Yeah. If you haven't <laughs> noticed, did he actually admit to it? Because some people are like, no way Garrett actually did it. Yes, but it had of to be him. Garrett did so it. yeah, because Garrett is the marketing guru. <laughs> he literally put signs above the men's urinals about coming to his table. Someone has it, has pictures of it. Who posted it? I don't remember who. Um, maybe he got I, tagged. I, I in believe it. it may have been Ron St. Pierre, which is which is a person who I I wasn't able to see at the show and I really wanted to meet. And we had talked about meeting. And then by the time I had realized we didn't meet, then I was like, damn it, it's too late. And then I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm surprised he didn't find a female to ask to put it in the girls' bathrooms, to be honest. Well, it was it was obviously a joke that per- only pertained to men. So that would have been interesting. Oh, he could have found something. He could have reworded it to pertain to women very easily. You could probably just go to Garrett's profile and see what he's tagged in. Cause that may now I think it's in here. I swear it's in here. Uh-huh. 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 I swear it's in here. Okay. I there found it. See, uh, I told you. Yes, yes. So let's uh share the screen. So basically it has Garrett bent over. So if this wasn't appropriate, this is PG thirteen, guys. Children don't watch. <laughs> no, it's an innuendo. First anyway. one. First one. It's not I mean, like offensive. Yeah, but it's PG thirteen. <laughs> Yeah, so it's Garrett bent over slightly with a giant retic between his legs. And it says, caution, big snake, heavy lifting can cause serious back injuries. If you think your snake might be too large, thank you for changing the picture over. Are you fucking kidding? Joseph, stop. You just I'm had to leave to, it there. I'm trying to make it full screen so people could read it. It was too small <laughs> for them to read it. Okay, caution, big snake, heavy lifting can cause serious back injuries. If you think your snake may be too large, please ask Garrett if he will show you his super door. Please keep our hobby a back pain free place. Thank you. So funny. Everyone was hilarious. And obviously, it's like, did Garrett do that? Did who do that? I mean, of course, Garrett did it, but (laughs) it's fucking hilarious. And it's funny that, you know, he kind of trolled all of Tinley Park. Because people didn't know. It's, you know, it's like a little prank. It created buzz. It yeah, was amazing. It's pretty brilliant. So shout out to that idea. Now I feel like people are going to start doing things like that. They should. It works. <laughs> it's smart. But no, Garrett's been doing the special marketing thing for a while. And no one else has, like, come close to what he does. So sure. he's going to keep doing him. Yeah. What should we do? What we do now. <laughs> Nothing. Advertise only on our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll start doing things, passing out shirts. We got to 
give we gotta more to do people. i think really what a big thing we learned this whole tinley park was how much more we have to improve and i've never been more excited or driven to improve our things whether it's the podcast whether it's videos whether it's just just the marketing of all that i want to improve in such a way and now it is so much now i feel like we're finally at the point where i can put more money into that stuff and i'm really excited to keep on doing that yeah and it's like you know i can only control so much of how fast our projects go and everything like that but i can certainly do a better job of getting our projects out there getting our merch out there 100 percent, getting everything we do and all the other ideas that we have out there yeah and we think- just have more ideas than people even know and we haven't been able to follow through on them because for the most um, but obviously doing uh, more shows and everything also helps get our name out there. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how many people, how many like we get random Instagram followers just for being at Tinley or people just adding me on Facebook because we were at Tinley and that kind of stuff. So and hopefully we get more people listening to the podcast, more people watching YouTube. And it's just because it's not so that we get our numbers up. It's also because I feel like we are putting out a quality product per se, and it will help the community in many ways. And I feel like our perspective is different than other people in the community. So hopefully people enjoy it or hate us. I don't know. I don't know. And it's about numbers to me just because numbers just kind of rain the last we got to. 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Well, think about Garrett. We saw his merch everywhere, but I don't think he has as many subscribers as us on YouTube. Maybe he does now. He probably does. He probably does now, now that I say that. But also, um, so we track our stats of like downloads on this app called Pulse, which is connected to SoundCloud. And we are almost at 100,000 listens for like all of our podcast episodes, which like is totally just an arbitrary number and like means nothing. But 10,000 subscribers, 100,000. It would feel listens. cool to say that our podcast episodes have been listened to 100,000 times. And that's not including YouTube. So, right. It's probably so, like and it's not, it's also not including like iTunes and stuff like, or, and I don't think it includes Spotify either. Yeah. Um. So, combined, yes, we're already over 100,000, but just to have like one thing tell us we're so close, just it have feels, a thing that says numbers. it feels, I like numbers and it's arbitrary and, you know, it makes me feel good and I'm going to keep, doing what makes me feel good yeah, so shout out to isaac who's in the chat for listening to the podcast Fifty Thousand. yes he is uh, isaac is still <laughs> our top listener he has listened to the podcast 544 shout times out. Mo- more than double almost more than double the second person um so there it's just go. pretty cool and that person's just user number 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 seven eight four two blah 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 blah, blah. whatever but yeah so the biggest question that I kind of went back and forth was at Tinley is like, do we come back next year? One side of me is obviously like hundred percent. Yes. Like look at all the people you met, look at the experiences you had, like whatever. And technically we paid less because we made some money. Will you let me finish? Yeah. You keep cutting me off. 
one part of I'm not me cutting you off. I was in the I middle just, of a story. I only talked about one half of my body. That was a story. Let me well, I only talked about I said one half of me. Let me finish the other half of me. I got two halves. Um, the other half of me was like, you know, we didn't do the sales we wanted to. We, you know, it is a lot of money to get to Tinley. Is it worth it to come back? And I don't think Joe struggled with this as much as I did. Um, and I think that's partially because like I always tell you guys, like, this is not my passion. I'm into it and I love it, but it's not my, my passion. And so it, it was definitely a struggle. Like if you don't do well at these things, do you keep going back? Do we go just as like, uh, people going or do we vend again? And it's just, so I think, you know, if we have the opportunity, we will vend again. It was just a very interesting kind of thing in my, going back in my head. Yeah. It's just for me it's we're going anyway and maybe if we you know if we don't mind spending the money we can go just us and maybe have more time to and freedom to do videos talk to the people we want to for as long as we want to not be stuck behind a table that kind of thing but i want to give it a shot i want to always give it a shot as far as putting animals out there because that just puts you in the same arena as the biggest breeders in the world. And like, I feel like I told Matt this like a million times. It's like, I never, I never started doing this because I wanted to be a YouTuber. I never started doing this because I wanted to be a podcaster. I never started doing this because I wanted the people to know about me. I wanted to do this because I always wanted to be a snake breeder. And Tinley is the pinnacle for any snake breeder in the United States. And therefore, I feel like we need to be there so that we're always in that conversation. You know, we're one of three corn snake breeders that are there, truly. I mean, we can't compete with Walter and Travis, and they had amazing tables there. But still, I want to be there. Because that's where all the best breeders in the United States, which is most of the best breeders in the world, are vending there. Yeah, And I mean, hell, we got to be there. In general, <laughs> I mean, you just got to be there. If you're not there, then you're wrong. You got to. Then you're there. wrong. <laughs> wow. Yes. See, as I told you, Joe did not have this internal struggle like I did. He 100% was like, no, we're coming back without a doubt next year, no matter what. There's. Yeah, I don't I don't see how you don't see it as like the biggest opportunity is. Just just being there is nice. And. It does when you look at it on paper and you say, hey, I could do I could drive 20 minutes down the road and we make more money selling animals than we did there. Yeah, but it's another thing to where that was our first time ever doing it. So we don't really have established people who know us there. I don't think our marketing was where we wanted it to be. We're going to a big crowd of people with a lot of flashy stuff going on. So therefore... You know, we got to step it up in our visibility of that. And it gives us an opportunity to say, hey, we did this this year and we, you know, we don't or we're improving every single year. Matt said the first year he did Tinley, he made zero sales and he was in like a similar position to us to where it was like, do I do this again? And then he did it better and then he did amazing and then he just kept on going. So it's kind of, you know, we got to see it as it may be kind of hit or miss and we can always do better next year. And it doesn't matter because how good we do, because we're probably going to be there anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, I rationalize at the end that, yes, we have to go back. Also, like, I know how hard my FOMO would be if we didn't. And if next year Eric and Owen go, it would well, be Well, see, then I don't know how we go. <laughs> That's the one kicker. If Eric and Owen go, there's no space in Matt's car, and it is really not worth it for us to drive our own it's not worth it for us to drive our to go own by ourselves to yeah. go by ourselves it's not we'll figure it out we got 365 days there you go but we also it's crazy to see from when i went there last year to when i went there this year like last year a couple people said hey well really that's it and this year so many people came up and you were there, which was cool. And oh, just... a compliment for me, uh... little old me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it was nice. I felt like we got somewhere since last year. In one year, we got a lot further because it doesn't seem that way to us because we're doing it every single day. Right. But to be able to go there and see the difference is kind of awesome yeah. um shoot what was i gonna say and yeah it'll be interesting to see how it is next year you know it's just so amazing what different types of people listen to our podcast like people who are into so many different things probably the least being corns which is what we do which is the funny thing is i mean but we also talk about corns the least we kind of talked about this that our podcast doesn't line up with the demographic of our market that's the yeah. unfortunate thing all the people who came and like were like oh like we listen to the podcast we love the podcast they're None probably like moralia people or know. rejects or you know yeah. something not corns and so that's the unfortunate thing is i mean we can't sugarcoat it our market is mostly children and families which is fine with us except the podcast is like how we market ourselves a lot and the, the children and families aren't listening to a podcast, the podcast. They shouldn't be because it's not PG, but also what child's going to listen for two hours. Some do. Uh, Joe, James Lewis and Katie's daughter watches, right. but that's because their parents watch and they put it on the TV and whatever. But not a majority of kids aren't watching our podcast. And so that's kind of where I think we do need to have the YouTube video aspect yeah. just to kind of align our market our marketing with our market demographic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's nothing that I ever thought about because we were always just about having fun and doing this for fun. And then it's kind of weird when you get to Tinley, you're in a place where people all take this business very, very seriously. And it's none of that bullshit. Do what you love or work with what you love or do all that. Like these people are actually business minded. And they're actually going for it, which in some ways we we always kind of poo-poo people that take it too seriously on the business, you know, on the business side of things. But also, if you're doing it seriously, why not do it that way? We're breeding the snakes anyway, and we might as well sell them better. We should find ways to sell them better. So we're going to keep on doing that. And I think that we need to keep on being consistent with everything, despite the fact that I am pretty much busier than ever. (laughs) We say that and we made a live stream like two weeks ago, like saying we're not going to be consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I I feel re, 
energized energized from the whole experience because so many people were so awesome and like it just shows us we have to be more better multitaskers you know like we all joe and i are both people who like need break time like where we're just you know watching tv and not doing anything for a little bit but i think instead of you know watching tv and playing on our phones we could be watching tv and messaging more guests on you know for the podcast or watching tv and editing a video or watching tv and updating the website or refreshing in morph market stuff like that um i just think we have to be more cognizant of and Seeing the amount of work some of the dudes that we know are successful are putting are in. putting in, it's like yeah, and we just have to find times to get a get both things. You know, like it's not like and we're sitting in an office. If I if I work all the time, I'm just a miserable human being. But I think that's why we have to do both. <laughs> you know, you're already multitasking. You're just playing Madden on your phone and watching TV. And yeah. instead of playing Madden on your phone and watching TV, you could be doing something on the like. We're already doing yeah. the multitasking things. I'm on Facebook and watching TV or on Instagram. But you know, like, like you go now that I have a full time job. It's like I go, I do work, and then I have to do this yeah. work which honestly it kind of keeps me in a good schedule doing it but it, it can be a lot that's a lot of because for regular work i'm on the computer and then it was also weird thinking you know do i want to do this full time i know for a fact and i keep on coming to this conclusion but i don't i don't know how often i've said this but i certainly don't want to make a living on animals to see the competitiveness of some of those guys and also the amount of money that they need to spend and also the amount of pivoting that you have to do. Meaning like, you know, you could have been a colubrid guy in the 90s, but in the 2000s, you turned into a ball python guy because that's where the money was and that's how you can make a living in reptiles. I don't think there's many people who work with what they love kind of thing. Maybe Nick Mutton. And that's a very, very weird example of it because he's able to find new things all the time and he's always kind of reinventing what he's working with. So that's always. Um, backtracking a little bit, Justin asked, brought up something earlier that I wanted to talk to. He was asking us to compare Tinley to NARBC Arlington. I think that's interesting. He said Repticon Dallas. No, he said he said, Dallas, he but... said that one first. He said NARBC okay. Arlington first and then he said Repticon. Um, so there's no comparing it to Repticon. Let's just throw, I mean, there's no, you can't ever compare Tin, NRVC to Repticon. But yeah. I think we could compare Arlington to Tinley. Somewhat. That's just like, I feel like NRVC Arlington is just a giant show. It is not an event like Ten like Tinley is. It's a great show. I thought it was an event before I came to Tinley. If that makes right. sense, because I remember like, oh, my gosh, I love this because we went out to dinner with people. We were drinking Ryan's delicious moonshine. Um, it, It's halfway there. But it's almost like there's some aspects of it I like better because I did see all the tables. that Now, we weren't vending, yeah. but I did. And it's not crowded. It's not as crowded. I, it's less crowded. I, I got to see all the tables. I felt like I got to see all the tables or a lot more of the tables there. I got to interact with breeders more. So it's But it was not the level. It's not the level of breeders. I mean, the barkers are there, which is amazing. 
there's big and there's breeders some there. That, the, I know, no, there's a lot of really big breeders there. But there's also little ones too. Yeah, there's also kind of the normal, you know. But it, I don't know. I think it has some qualities that it will lose if it gets bigger. There's some qualities of it that I like. But at the same time, it's not the know. networking get all together type of event. It is some we some of those people go out to dinner. They do. But if you think of it like some of the local guys that are friends with us didn't even go to the show. If you're local and Tintley, you're going to Tintley. You're going to Tintley, right. You're not missing that. You're right. Some of them, true, there are some people, they're like, oh, I got nothing to pick up, so there's no point in me going. Right. Tinley, you would never. Even if you are not buying anything, you're going. True. Yeah. But do you think Arlington will ever make it to the size of? I don't know if they want If they're trying to. I mean, to. it's just a different scene. Is I mean, Potter putting well. on that one too? Yeah. And so, so it's a lot easier so for Brian Bro- Potter and Bob Ashley who are together in it to make the NRBC shows. Where does Bob Ashley live? Uh, he lives in New Mexico, I believe. Okay. Don't, so don't fucking quote me on that. I mean, it's a lot easier for Brian Potter to put more effort into Tinley considering he lives in Tinley. <laughs> he lives right. in Tinley. So, I mean, it's a lot harder to make Arlington bigger when he's, and I'm sure he has you know, people who live closer to Texas or whatever that help him out with it. But still, like, he could drive down the street and go do stuff at Tinley or, you know, thinking of all the things. He can't think of all the things when it's in Texas. It's like home field advantage. Right. Yeah, he's got more connections there, all that stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like there can only really be, be big, one big event. If there's too many, then too many people will have conflicting things going on. And then even if you know, the NARBC Arlington is a decent turnout. It's still nice that we have one event that everyone goes to. It's good that, I mean, Daytona looks great, but if Daytona was still as big and then there's competing, it just seems like there's kind of only room for one show. Cause like as Daytona declined, Tinley just went up and up. And then we see Pomona going up and up on the West coast. But I think that's just because they're so, um, isolated. They're so far away from all of us. <laughs> you say that California is connected to many states. No, I know, but I feel like all the <laughs> all the big breeders in the West go to that one. Right, right. And then Tinley Park is like the whole country more so. It encompasses everyone. I don't know anyone. It's it's hard because it, at Tinley Park, a person from New York can drive to Chicago. And then there's just so many, so many more access points when like California, it's like how many people are in Nevada and then I guess people from Arizona and all that good stuff. But it's just, it's just different, man. It's just great to be at a giant show and see that a place like Tinley Park where the standards are so high and the displays are so amazing and everyone's putting out their best work. Yeah. So, it shows you what you can do in our right. industry. Maybe in, a, in our NARBC Arlington will get bigger. I think it has the potential. I just think it takes people putting in the time and effort. But there's also not as many big, big breeders down there. But like we said, people travel. Jason Hood drove 20 hours from Florida to come to Tinley. I'm sure he'd drive to Texas if it's worth it, you know? Uh, I'm sure there's the people. Yeah, it may also have to do with the market of people. I mean, I'm sure the Dallas, Arlington, Fort Worth market is amazing, but 
yeah, there's something about that Tinley show. I don't know what it is. I think also there was a big concentration of ball guys at the time, you know, in the mid 2000s when uh, in that area in, in Chicago. And then Texas, it's like, you know, there's Morelia guys, there's, but there's not many, there's a few big ball guys, but yeah, I guess it also has to do with somewhat what was going on. Cause it, back in the day, it used to be like, all hype to what to what was going to be at the show that weekend that kind of thing people would unveil new new morphs of ball pythons like me and matt were talking about this now it's people put it out on youtube instagram facebook before they even go to the show but back in the day it was all word of mouth like oh my god i can't believe i'm gonna see a you know a bumblebee ball python at kevin's table at this show Mm -hmm. You know, not many people have seen it in in the flesh, and it was a big event. <laughs> uh, Wes Wyatt said, have you ever asked Will Bird to come on the podcast? No, but I would love to. I don't know how he'll feel about the, tech, the technology, but I'll ask Is him. Is he older? No, not necessarily. And um, I don't know exactly how old he is. That's kind of a loaded question, oh, but he's not well, old. Usually when you say the technology aspect, I'm assuming they're older. No, no, but that's actually where I got my Eastern Black King Snakes go back to him. Oh, so that from would Mike? Yes. Yeah, so oh, would then we should definitely get him on. Yeah, yeah, and he was into Moralia for quite a while, still probably is somewhat, and Colubrids, and he does a lot of field herping in Kentucky, and he's pretty much found everything. He pretty much just found everything in Kentucky that you could ever find. So, yeah, he would be a great guest on the show. Cool. Please, y'all, if you ever have like suggestions, I'm not saying we'll take you up on all of them, but like reach out to us and let us know. There's people like we had never heard of who ended up or like didn't even think to get on and they ended up being amazing guests. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know some like big breeders out there or, you know, we're always into people like who have cool herping stories or are doing rare things. Ooh, not about Tinley, but remember, we were supposed to ask people to help us with this podcast idea. Um, so Ian gave us a great podcast idea to do like a natural disaster podcast, which I think is awesome to have people. I would love to get someone who's like gone through every one of not everyone, most of the major natural disasters and just do like a big group podcast and talk about like their story, what they did for prepping. So obviously someone who's going through like a hurricane, Ian could do the hurricane aspect in Florida. I would love someone who's been through like a tornado. Um, so fire could be like fire, Riley. California, right? Riley Jemison's went through wildfire. What else? So there's hurricane, tornado, wildfire. Is that it? There's no tsunami. tsunami. There's no tsunamis happening. Jared didn't have animals when he went through a tsunami. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. Sinkhole. <laughs> Did anyone ever have a sinkhole in Some their house? Cali- poor <laughs> bastard in California. No, they happen all over randomly. They happen in Florida. They've had, I don't know, random places. Are there any other natural disasters? <laughs> I don't know. Earthquakes. Oh, yeah. Earthquake, which California. is another California. <laughs> That's not <up> California, people. <laughs> Who is in a mudslide? Uh, yeah, California. <laughs> so basically, it'll end up probably being oh, a blizzard. California. Ooh, blizzard. I like that. Leave it up to Show Minnesota it. Carly. Right. Yeah, so definitely if you know any breeder who's been through a natural disaster that you think would want to be on the podcast, let us know their name and we want to reach out to them to have a cool natural disaster podcast. I think it'd be really awesome. 
the Nashville. Oh Blast. yeah, we okay. got to talk about the teacher at Tinley. Yeah. Um, James Lewis, you remember his school better. So this guy came up to us. Did he say he listened to the podcast, or was he just into Matt stuff? Yeah, yeah. He's he said. That oh yeah. He has showed our videos. He's actually and... played our YouTube videos in his class. He teaches high school biology, AP biology. He actually had one of his students there, which was pretty awesome. Um, this is a school in, I should remember, I don't remember, James Lewis, help me out. Where, where is he located? And what is the name of the school? I feel like it was like Kalamazoo. Um, does that sound familiar? Michigan? It's somewhere in Michigan, I believe. I don't know. But this guy is a high school biology teacher, and you guys are never going to guess how many snakes he or reptiles he has in his collection in the classroom. I didn't even know, like... I can't name one high school biology teacher that had any reptile that I know of, much less this guy has 150 reptiles. Including things like Gila's. Gila monsters. He was getting an indigo. Like. And keep in mind, this is, you know, this is part of the curriculum. This is something that it's a program that the kids go through to basically get this zoology experience and they even breed snakes and i believe they kind of like sell off the clutches i don't know if that sustains the project or something yeah i'd love to get them well he gives the scene if the seniors like do well and take care of it um and when they graduate they get to take like one of the animals home and i just i can't imagine being in high school you would literally lose your shit like getting to work with 150 different animals in high school. But I'm also on the flip side. I'm like thinking back to my high school. I don't trust any of the boys I went to high school with to handle Gila monsters or stuff like that. They're all too immature. (laughs) No, but I think that the way school was set up just sets boys up to be immature at the same time. Cause you gotta, (laughs) you gotta sit down and be in math class and stuff. If you're, if your curriculum was getting up and cleaning cages and handling the animals and actually doing things, you know, it sucks that school is so often just sitting there and listening and then remembering things <laughs> instead of like having doing to things. actually do things. So that's something that I feel like could just straight up change kids' lives. I mean, that kind of stuff. so our other plan for a podcast, I don't know how we'd ever do it. But I would love like maybe a day that I'm off work. We could actually like and we can't be a two hour, like maybe a 30 minute or 20 minute podcast, whatever their period. I would love to like set up something we could do with his class and get the kids like to show us like their class collection and like they could say some things. So stuff like that. We're always trying to keep the podcast exciting and different. And I think that'll be so awesome. And I think that'll be something that'll inspire some younger generation of future breeders and future keepers yeah and that's something that seems pretty damn unique for high school i don't know anyone else who's doing that so shout out to them we need to get his information i would love to have i think james lewis did so and west wyatt it literally was just a a guy who's a high school teacher came up to our table and was talking to us yeah um but yeah definitely want to uh, connect with that teacher, James Lewis. If you remember his stuff, can you email it to me? Or not email it. Wow, what am I saying? He did email something to me earlier. Can you message us? Um, or if Katie remembers it. But it'd be a cool podcast idea. So we're see, we're trying to come up with different stuff, you know, keep things exciting for you guys. It's just like actually making it happen is the hard part. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so they we have to we will have to read through this chat later. Benjamin and Kate and everyone were telling us some different uh places that have natural disasters and people. But mess if you have specific people people in mind for the emergency pat natural disaster emergency podcast, message us on Instagram because I say I'm gonna read through this chat, but I probably won't. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but it was such a great weekend. Definitely thank you to Matt, of course, and then everyone else behind our table, which was James, Katie, Nick, Carly, and Ryan Cox, of course. And then Chris and Aspen were over on, on Matt's side yeah. and they helped him out. So Keith McPeak was helping out. Yeah. Thank yes. you to anyone who helped us or like talked to us or watches us or listens to us. Thank you to everyone. And what was your, was it exactly how you expected it to be? No. What was different or the same? Bigger than I thought it was going to be. If, really? Because you don't know till you're in there. You know, like I knew it was like, oh, 10,000 people. Like, the like is not that big. From the outside, it didn't look that big. But then you go in there and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is huge. It was bigger inside than I thought it was going to be. Um, And... I forget how many like factions there are in the snake world, if that makes sense. Like, yes, there was bananas where like a lot of people went, but still it was like, oh, some people didn't go till this time or some people only went at this time. And it's like, I. And do you realize how the different niches act in comparison? It's like, well, like there's a ball python people. The there's ball this people. Are there's like, this people. Like everyone has their little group. And right, I kind I of wish. Break it down, I kind of, no. I feel like I kind of wish there's a little bit more intermingling between and maybe as I get as we get more into the, you know like more people know us and we're in it for longer like we will naturally intermingle with yeah, it's more like, people. Is that, is that part our fault as well? I'm sure. Probably. Because yeah. we haven't had many ball python people on the podcast. We haven't had many boa people on the podcast. It's a lot of people who have gone out from our roots which is like rare rarer pythons and colubrids and kind of biologists also which are people that we don't really see at, at tinley but i mean people like educators we saw brandon fowler at the show we oh, forgot yes. to say yes brandon fowler if you don't know of roaming reptiles who recently moved to wisconsin he was there for a hot second because he had to go back home to his son for his son's birthday yeah. um but it was awesome to meet him another person we've had on the podcast that was great yeah and it was yeah it's always interesting to see the different groups and you're like why does this exist because we're all kind of in the same in the same deal but it's i think we just so many of us are introverted and we're all talking to people we already know and people have been going there for years and seeing the same people and you want to catch up with them and uh yeah, was there was there anything or anyone we we meant to try to get people for the podcast, but we did pretty bad. <laughs> so yes, we'll have to message those people while we're watching TV. Oh, our new TV thing. James Lewis said we should get the guy who makes his display. Yeah, and he also breeds boas. I think it'd be interesting to talk about like because there's a lot of complaining on the vendor side about displays, but I don't know how much yeah. everyone knows the ins and outs. I mean, we're all like, oh, it takes 10 years to get this thing. But how many people really know the ins and outs of, you know, making displays? Yeah, Not and his is like, I don't know how you do that by hand. It's all pretty particular. Yeah, I don't know how 
you know, what you start with and how you end up with what the design process is, what the manufacturing process is, if he does it all by hand, um, what his background is, that kind of thing. And that's that's good for us to know for in the future if we are ever doing any hard goods, which seemingly maybe we will be. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But we've reached our two hours and it's 930 and I'm tired. There you go. And we didn't eat dinner yet. But dinner's downstairs. Are you hungry still? Still, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tinley, we had to get a lot of good food. That's too much. Shout out, shout out to the hibachi place. Stop continuing it. Wait, no. Who who never had hibachi? Or... Chris? No, it was last year they never had it. But that's because they're from Utah. <laughs> and we learned a lot about things that Utah's lacking. And also weekend. weird vernacular between Midwesterners and Midwest, us. Yeah, Midwesterners talk different. Kitty corner, catty corner. Whatever. Oh, he want, they want to show your tattoo. I'll put the thing oh, there. Okay. I don't even know how to how to Yeah. Okay. Oh, I touched it. Oh, okay. oh. my skin. <laughs> it was the aqua floor. I don't know, but I'm definitely getting a cramp in my hip, and you're definitely not doing the best. Stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like we can point, we can focus the camera, so it's going to be unfair. Right, it's not like I can, like, tap, tap. But it's a vampire bat done by Riley, and my hip hurts so bad in this position. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I felt like I should still show it. It's pretty cool. Now I can show a good one of mine. That looks so lame next to yours. Yeah. But I like mine. There you go. And he was like, God damn it. He had to, he had to in order to get a perfect cir- circle without a stencil, he had to like trace the bottom of a cup or something like that. You're not going to put down the camera. Oh, Lord, I did not realize. I was not. I just didn't realize. I put it on (laughs) my hands. Yeah. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, you are certainly on whatever team we are on these days. And if you want to reach out to us, PortCityPythons.com, PortCityPythons on Instagram, PortCityPythons on Facebook, From the Ground Up Podcast. You're listening to it right now. Thank you so much for being here. We will be here again next week with a stellar guest. Stellar Do you have anything to guest. say? Stellar guest. Stellar guest. It was a great time at Tinley. Thank you so much for everyone who came out and talked to us or didn't. Even if you saw us and you went by and exchanged a weird glance and then you act <laughs> like you don't know me, that's fine too. No, I'm just kidding. That's I don't, clearly you ever see like someone? I don't know. No, 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 no. To. It doesn't. But I, I do that. I've done that in the past, and then also, I've seen people do that in the past. Well, because you're not like, sure, so you just look, yes, and then you don't say anything. No, like there was someone. I mean, there's even a guy who looked exactly like James Lewis. That's the thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. I wanted to. I meant to tell James Lewis about it. Oh my! He was behind someone's table, all the way on the other side. I could not get over how much he looked like exactly. James Lewis. And then there was even so an weird. Eric doppelganger. I didn't. See I that. thought I Eric Burke was at the show for one second, and then I was like, "That is." On 100% not Eric, but he has some facial features the same. And I think that that's what, like, people do that a lot. Like, you've never seen 
someone in person and so yeah. you're not sure so you just share a glance and then you you're like walking. wait a second dave kaufman's seven feet tall i wasn't expecting that then you're like what's that and then i guess he's easier to pick out yes he's a bad example okay let's actually end this thank you guys so much for watching did you already do the port safe buttons on instagram stuff yeah yeah okay we're done goodbye later